Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, what about vaccination mandates? What about vaccination mandates that extend to the health profession? The Quebec Order of Nurses uh, have said they'll expel unvaccinated nurses. Healthcare professionals across Canada are also facing suspension without pay and ultimately being fired for being unvaccinated. Now, five million Canadians already have no family doctor. We know medical treatment far too often of the life-saving variety, like cancer and heart disease, is now unavailable because of the strain COVID has placed and continues to place on healthcare in this country of ours. So what about doctors and other healthcare professionals being mandated to be vaccinated? What about the failure to do so, possibly resulting in severe sanctions for unvaccinated doctors? Can we afford this with five million of us not having a family doctor? Dr. Catherine Smart joins us. She's the president of the Canadian Medical Association. I think this is the third successive week you've been on with me, Dr. Smart. You're going to be a guest host. Yeah, I think it might be. (laughs) Good to talk to you again. This This is such an incredibly important issue And let me just, uh, out of the gate, ask you for the CMA's position to its members, the Canadian Medical Association's position to its members about being vaccinated against COVID. Is there a policy? Is there a position? Are there both? Yes, absolutely. We called for mandatory vaccines for healthcare workers uh, back in August. So it's something that we strongly support. Uh, we think that our first priority as healthcare professionals, and you know, specifically in our case for physicians, is to keep in mind the safety of the people that we are in service to, and those are our patients. Um, and during a pandemic, the best way we can ensure safety to people who are vulnerable through medical illness is for us to be vaccinated ourselves. So we very strongly support vaccine mandates and think they're going to be an important part of keeping health care safe um, and also to, to bringing the pandemic to an end. What's your view of sanctions against healthcare workers who are not vaccinated, who've decided they're not going to be vaccinated, and that includes doctors? I don't know how many, but it does include doctors. Is it too much of a cost to the healthcare system if doctors and other healthcare workers are dismissed for not being vaccinated? I think, you know, it's it's an example of, of some very tough choices that have to be made. You know, fortunately, it's the minority of people who are not vaccinated or choosing not to be vaccinated. But as we've seen, it's still being impactful in some settings uh, when they're losing any healthcare providers. But I think what it's really showing is the issue that we have in this country, that we have such a shortage of human health resources, that there's no real flex in the system in a, in a situation like this, where, you know, even losing a few hundred people from a system might be hugely impactful in terms of service delivery. And I think that just shows us how our system has not had a plan in terms of human health resources and not been adequately resourced. And now we're in this challenging situation where we think what the ethical and morally right thing to do is to have vaccine mandates 
Um, and that does mean some people being sanctioned or removed from their job, which unfortunately I think is what needs to happen at this point. But then, of course, there's that secondary impact of, of what does that mean for service delivery? So there's no kind of easy solution here. Um, but I do think we need to be prioritizing safety of the workplace, um, health workers, and most importantly, our patients. And the best way to do that is through ensuring everyone who's delivering health care is vaccinated. Yeah, so you and I have talked about the lack of uh, readily available, significantly important healthcare at times. So a person who may have cancer, may have heart disease, uh, isn't uh, immediately, isn't readily enough or quickly enough diagnosed and isn't treated quickly enough, and that can cost lives. So the, the it starts to become a question of what's primary, what's secondary. Um, if if you have healthcare workers, doctors removed from the system, that places additional patients at risk so is that is that a chance that can be taken? I understand what you're saying, but it really is, in the most loose sense of the word, a conundrum. It is a conundrum, and I think it's difficult. I mean, I don't think anyone is thinking these are easy decisions or that either option, whichever road you go down, doesn't have negative consequences for somebody. I mean, that's inevitable, I think, in a situation like this. Um, but I think the reality is there's also huge system impacts when we start having outbreaks within hospitals among staff who aren't vaccinated, when we have people bringing COVID into things like long-term care facilities because of workers who have not been vaccinated and then that impacting the system. Um, so I, I think whatever we do, there's consequences, uh, but I think we have to have front and center safety. Um, and I think we know that the best way to keep these spaces safe and functioning is for the people within them to be vaccinated. And that's why we are in favor of vaccine mandates. So what's the mandate then for doctors? Uh, and probably change it from province to province, but is there a reality in place now that says if you're not vaccinated by such and such a date, first thing that's going to happen is you'll be docked pay or you won't be working, you won't be paid and if you're not vaccinated by the second date, you're fired. Are those are those mandates in place now? They are in some places. As you said, these are provincial decisions in terms of how it's being rolled out. So some provinces have put a mandate in places, is again, largely in hospital settings. There's also been some long-term care mandates um, where, yes, that's what they've, you know, Alberta is a good example of that, uh, Quebec. They're saying if you're not vaccinated, you can't work in the hospital. Um, if you're not vaccinated, you can't be in long-term care. So we are seeing those things happen. Um, and that will mean that some people may lose their jobs or their income if they choose not to be vaccinated. But, you know, again, I think we have to put this against the background of these vaccines are safe and effective. So unless you have an actual medical exemption, there isn't really a lot of reason to be not vaccinated. And I think that's why this has needed to be called out. Um, is saying, you know, at this point, we don't feel that choice not to be vaccinated is a reasonable one for someone delivering health care. And this is not new. We have other vaccine mandates in health care, other things that you need to show in terms of your personal medical history to ensure that you're safe for delivering patient care. So this, you know, right now, I think it's front and center because COVID is something that's impacting everyone. But this approach in health care is not new, and we've done it before with other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't want to be the person who brings a family member or, or a loved one into a hospital and, and you realize that this person needs specific and specialized care and the specific and the specialized care is not available because the doctor has been removed from the roster because the doctor was not vaccinated. How do you, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you come to grips with that? I know what you're saying, 
But is there a middle ground? Has anybody thought about finding a middle ground to this one? Well, I think it's difficult because there isn't really a great middle ground. You know, we, we know that the vaccine is the most effective in terms of limiting spread and keeping people safe. We know that things like rapid testing aren't a replacement for the vaccine. So, you know, initially, I think that was one of the things people were considering. Um, but it, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have COVID the next day or three days from now. It's also very expensive and burdensome and difficult to roll out. Um, you know, I think people should not be afraid that their specialist medical care is going to be dramatically impacted by vaccine mandates. In most provinces, about 99% of physicians are immunized. So this is, a, in, in terms of physicians, is extremely small numbers of people who have chosen not to be vaccinated. So I, I really don't think we're anticipating any major impacts in terms of, you know, a specialist in a certain area, meaning that type of care is no longer available for people. Um, so I, I don't want the public to have that fear. Um, is it going to have some impact in terms of hospital staffing? Absolutely. But again, I think it's really just showing that we don't have the depth in our system that we should have had. No, we don't. We have, and we've been talking, you know, at the CMA for a long time about the importance of human health resource planning, ensuring adequate numbers of physicians and nurses and other healthcare professionals in this country are trained, and that we actually have a plan so that we have the workforce we need to deliver healthcare. And right now, there no such plan exists. And, and I think what we're seeing is just showing this really long-standing stress on the system. Yeah, it really has exposed the cracks and significant cracks in our system when we know that cancer and heart patients and others as well who require immediate, specialized, and, and very direct health care are not getting it, and not getting it not only because of COVID, but because of a system that is creaking at the edges. Dr. Smart, I have a few more questions for you. Would you be okay to stay with us a few minutes longer? Absolutely. Okay. So, Dr. Smart, it looks like the, uh, the mandates, the uh, hospital uh, vaccine mandates, are working in the United States, and you say compliance in this country, in most provinces, in the, is in the 99% range. What, what, what is, why are some doctors refusing? Well, I think, you know, unfortunately, we, we have some doctors that are actively spreading misinformation, and, and that's been an issue, and each province has had a handful of physicians that have fallen into that, which has been unfortunate, and those people are being held to account by the regulatory colleges in those provinces, uh, as it's considered unprofessional, of course, to be spreading misinformation. This is, again, a very small handful of, of people. Um, so that's been, I think, an unfortunate thing to have happened. But I think it's not surprising, you know, when you think there's over 80,000 positions in the country, you're always going to have a handful of people who have an alternative perspective on something. And, and, and that's one of the reasons we need things like vaccine mandates to ensure safety is, is to protect against that small minority that are, are not going to fall or not believe the, the, the actual facts and unfortunately have been taken in by some of the misinformation that's out there. Okay, let me come back to the other point. And I know this is important to the CMA and it's important to all of us. And you spoke about it several times during our interview today. And we had an interview specifically about this, I think, two weeks ago, you and I. The need for this healthcare system to be more effective, more efficient, uh, more streamlined, if you will. Please remind us of what the needs are. What has this COVID pandemic exposed that needs most and immediate attention as far as healthcare delivery in this country is concerned? 
Well, one of the biggest issues we're facing is absolutely in the area of human health resources. And when you compare Canada to other high-income countries, we have some of the lowest numbers of physicians, nurses, and hospital beds of other comparable countries. So we are working always sort of already in a deficit of healthcare professionals. So that is one of the reasons that we have access issues. And then I think when you think of the size of our country and the number of people that live in different rural and remote areas, and then already you have less healthcare professionals and you're spreading them out uh, over such a vast geography, you can see why you have areas that become very vulnerable in terms of having enough staff. So that's a big issue. The other piece, you know, is adequate funding. We've seen the the Canada Health Transfer sort of plateau over years and it's set to start to decline if there's not more federal investment in healthcare. And this is in a backdrop of an aging population that healthcare is more expensive to deliver to. So when you combine those two things, you know, lower number of dollars of funding and not enough people, no plan, uh, not increasing health resources, what you start getting is a system that's falling behind in terms of health delivery. And that's what we are learning about Canada. We actually, in the recent um, Commonwealth Fund showed we were second last for all high-income countries in terms of the quality of our health care delivery. Wow. That's uh, deeply concerning. Is it also still true that doctors are aging more quickly on average and retiring more quickly than the general population of this country? Well, that's a good question. I think actually doctors tend to work longer than most people. You see a lot of, of older physicians still carrying on in practice because I think for a lot of physicians, medicine is their passion and, and caring for patients is a huge part of their identity. So many physicians keep practicing medicine on, on some level, even into what would be the traditional retirement years. Um, so I, I, I think there's, you know, we see a huge age range of physicians. Um, but I think what's not happening is a clear plan about how many doctors do we need and are our universities training enough physicians? And then is there enough postgraduate training physicians for the people coming out of medical school to then train them to be able to practice medicine? And, and that's where we're falling short. I think it's, it's quite clear we're not training enough people. We're also falling behind with spots in postgraduate training, which is that residency level of training where you become specialized in what your area of practice is going to be, you know, whether it be family medicine or, or a different area of, of specialty practice. So when those numbers aren't really lining up to the need, um, then what you get is a real problem recruiting and retaining doctors. And then rural areas that are chronically understaffed, you know, recruitment and retention is really challenging when you're Speaking to a new physician who's maybe considering that, but there's no plan to make sure that they have coverage if they need to have a maternity leave or they want to take a vacation. You can appreciate that's not a really attractive setup for somebody if they're really worried that they're going to never be able to have any time for themselves or their family. And that's impacting our ability to keep doctors in some of the more rural parts of this country. Yeah, makes sense. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.